In our Bibles, turn with me to Jonah chapter 3. Jonah, last two weeks we've been starting and uh, we have been in this series of sermons with Jonah. And we've learned from Jonah that it's never good to disobey God. We've also learned, you know, my wife and I have talked about this uh, this week, and she's like, you know what I really figured out as I'm reading through and listening to these messages? Jonah was really stubborn, and he sure was, wasn't he? Jonah was a very stubborn man who did not listen to God, and even though he was a prophet of God, he didn't listen to what uh, what God wanted him to do. And so we found in the first message that we shared that Jonah found himself in a ship, and he's running away from God, he's trying to get as far away uh, from God as he can, so he's going... He jumps on the ship to go to a different land, and lo and behold, a storm comes up, and Jonah jumps in, or doesn't jump in, he gets thrown into the water to call the seas. Last week, we talked about Jonah, and we talked about the story of Jonah coming back to God. It took, a, it took Jonah going into the mouth or the belly of a fish, a great fish, as the scripture calls it. It took Jonah getting into the belly of a fish for him to come to the realization that God is still in charge and that he needs to listen to God. It's an amazing story and a story that actually I I pray that we don't need to go into a belly of a fish to hear God or to learn that we need to follow God. It's one of those things that you read in scripture you're like, I don't want to learn that lesson that way, so I'm going to listen to God and follow what he says. But we come to this message today, and here is probably one of the best parts of the story of Jonah. This chapter, chapter 3, is where Jonah listens to God, and what happens is that Jonah not only listens to God, he goes and does what God calls him to do, but there's something amazing that happens. Because Jonah listens to God, and he listens to what he's supposed to do, he finds himself transforming, not only himself, but transforming the whole entire city. See, the story of Jonah isn't just really, isn't just about Jonah and disobeying Jonah or disobeying God and being thrown into the water and then Jonah in the, in the belly of a fish. See, oftentimes when we read this story or we hear these stories, we think that Jonah is all about this fish and how he spent his time in the belly of the fish. Well, the truth of the matter is that this is really not the story. The main part of the story actually comes in Jonah chapter 3 where we find Jonah obeying God and listening to God and doing what he's supposed to be doing. And so we find not only is Jonah listening to God and obeying God, but we find now a city that is completely transformed. The truth of the matter is that when we listen to God and we do what God is calling us to do, not only will we be transformed, but everyone around us is transformed. And that's what we learned from Jonah chapter 3. Let's read this scripture and then we'll jump into prayer and then we'll going on this message. So Jonah chapter 3, verse 1 says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah rose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days journey of breath. And so we're going to pause there, we're going to pray in a moment, just to, just to tell you, Jonah is going to a city that's not like Urbana, it's not like Brazil, it's not like Edinburgh, it's not like Levine, it's really called the Levine, or Pomona, or City, I don't know if you can do that, but uh, anyway, it's huge, the city is, the city is large, 
And it takes three days to walk from one end of the city to another end of the city. And so we find this wonderful story that Jonah is going and doing what God has called him to do. Let's pray and we'll ask the Lord to be with us and we'll come Father, thank you for this day. We thank you for what you have done. We thank you for what you are doing and what you will do, Father. Lord, we thank you that when we listen to you, when we obey your words, great transformation happens. Not only in our lives, Father, but in the lives of the people around us. Cities can be transformed when we listen to you, Father. When we obey your word, whole cities can be turned upside down for you. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for the transformation power that's inside of you, Father, what you do. You don't want us to leave us, you don't want to leave us alone, Father. You you want us to continue to grow. And so, Father, today, we pray as we read over Jonah, we can just see the story that Jonah, in his life, the story that is intertwined in Jonah's life, Father. We can see how you call him to change the city. Even though he didn't want to go, and to obey and listen, the city was transformed. Lord, help us today transform our lives. Help us to transform our communities, our neighborhoods, our cities. Father, help us to make a difference in those places. They so are needed today, Father. We ask you, Lord, in this day, in this time, that you can be with us. Remove our many hindrances. Holy Spirit, come into our, your love in this place, come into our place, come into our hearts, come into our bodies. Remove any hindrances that keep us from hearing from you. Give us the wisdom that we need to learn from this message. I pray my words will not be my own, but they speak to your words today, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jonah is a, this wonderful story is all about a changed perspective. Now, Jonah, if you remember, last week when we left that he was inside the belly of a great fish, Scripture says. He had run from God, he had thrown in the water, as I said before, and then he's pondering this amazing prayer that he says in the middle of this fish. And he's, and he's praying to God and he's saying, I will look upon the temple of God again. Jonah is changing his perspective inside of the fish. And so what happens is Jonah is then thrown from the fish onto the land, and God comes to him. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Arise, go to, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against the message that I tell you. Now before I go any further, I just want to tell you, we can learn a lot from God and what he says and the way he interacts with Jonah in this message. God didn't say, hey, Dami, I told you the first time that if you should have went to Nineveh, that you should have went, you everything would have been okay. But you didn't listen, so you had to be thrown into the water, and you had to be swallowed by a great fish. You could have saved yourself all that trouble if you just would have went to Nineveh the first time. So would you go again? No, God doesn't do that. God just repeats his message. Sometimes we just need to repeat the message. Sometimes we just need God to repeat that message to us. We don't need to add any any adverbs or, or uh, extracurricular uh, words to this and, and change it. No, sometimes we just need to say the same thing. So God just calmly says to Jonah, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, call out against it the message that I tell you. The other thing that we can learn from this verse is that Jonah is not told to go and say something that he shouldn't say. Jonah isn't allowed to go to Nineveh and say, oh, you guys don't deserve God, you all stink, you are, well, he actually stinks because he's in the belly of the fish, but you, you, you all don't deserve, you're nasty people, you've done all of these things, you don't deserve to be 
here. No, God just simply says, call out the message that I give to you. So Jonah, unlike the first time, arose and went to Nineveh. Jonah had a complete change of perspective. This time around, Jonah didn't even think twice. I guess the even belly of a fish actually does affect you and would uh, change your perspective. Being in the middle of a storm probably does that also. But Jonah decides to listen this time. His perspective has been changed completely. All of the things you understand, if you, if you, if you take Jonah chapter 1 and you compare it to Jonah chapter 3, all of the things that were a problem in Jonah chapter 1 are no longer a problem in Jonah chapter 3. Everything that Jonah was against in chapter 1 is now listening and obeying to God in chapter 3. See, sometimes, and, and I said this a couple times the last few weeks, I'm going to continue to say this, sometimes the storms that we go through in life want us to change our perspective and things that are going on in our life. Sometimes those bad issues, those bad things that we're going through, those difficult struggles that we struggle with in our life cause us to change our perspective. We often look at them negatively, and, and I get it, I understand. No one likes to go through a storm. No one likes to be uh, go through trouble or, or go through a storm like Jonah went through or having to be swallowed up by a fish. No one likes that. No one wants to do that. But sometimes those storms cause us to look differently at the Word of God. God chooses us. Sometimes I can't figure out why, but He chooses us to change the world. He wants us to transform cities. He wants us to transform ourselves, but He also wants us to transform people. And He wants us to go into places that He chooses for us to go. Isn't it amazing that God, God in His infinite abilities and power, can do whatever He wants to do? He can come down and He can change this whole entire world in a heartbeat, yet He still chooses each and every one of us in this room to go out and do something for Him. He chooses us to transform cities, He chooses us to transform people. He gives us directions, and we are called to follow them. The truth is, the truth is, most Christians choose not to follow those directions because it's too hard or too time-consuming. It's not what they want to do, and so the cities that are waiting to be transformed are left waiting until God appoints another Jonah or sends you to a storm to change your mind. One of the most difficult things that we have is that sometimes we replace what we are going through as being more important than what God is asking us to do. Sometimes we have a hard time of, we, we, we often, um, we often take what God has asked us to do and we put this in one compartment. And then we take what we need to do and how we need to live life and we need to work a job and we put this in another compartment in our life. And then we take our family life and we put that in another compartment. And we have all of these things together and we don't live them all in one time. We live them separately. See, when I go to church on Sunday, I'm living my, my Christianity head, if you will. I'm living my Christianity compartment. When I go to my job, I'm living my Christian, I'm living my job compartment. And when I go deal with my family, I'm living my family compartment. What God wants us to understand, and what He wanted Jonah to understand, is that our lives are supposed to be intertwined together. Your faith is what causes you to be able to succeed in every one of those areas. He's not asking you to compartmentalize 
each one of your things with faith, or with separately, he's asking you for your faith to intertwine everything. So when you go on your job, you take your faith with you. When you go and you deal with your family, you, you take your faith with you. When you go to your kid's sporting event, you take your faith with you. When you go to the grocery store, you take your faith with you. It's not being separate, it's being together. God wants us to learn to have our faith intertwined in every aspect of our life. It's not just Sunday morning that we should have faith. We should have faith every single day of every single month of every single year. Not what we're doing is not important. Your family is very important. Your job is very important. The things that you do in your life are very, very important. But God wants you to change your perspective and stop looking at those things in separate areas of your life and say, how does my faith change my job? How does my faith change the way I raise my kids? How does my faith change the way that I deal with other people? How does my faith change the way I deal with my marriage? How does my faith, be, if your faith isn't changing every one of those aspects of your life, you're not doing your faith very well. And you need to change. You have a change of perspective, a different way of looking at things. Jonah saw things differently after being in the middle of a fish. I'm sure he would have. He saw things differently. He had a changed perspective. He goes on to say, Jonah, scripture goes on to say that Jonah in chapter, uh, chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, that Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and then I shall be overthrown. Now, the interesting thing about this, let me read the next verse in the wrong. And the people of Nineveh believed God, and they called for a fast and put on the sackcloth from the grace of them to the least of them. Now, I just want to say this for a moment. Jonah had this amazing response to his message. But when I read this, as a pastor, I'm reading this, and I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, I'm preparing to preach on this message. Now, if I could just come into the church and say, yet 40 days, and all of you will be overthrown. I'm done, I'm walking out. Close my iPad, bring up the worship team, let's sing the last song we're done, right? All of you will be looking at me like, are you crazy? I think I'm finding somewhere else to go. I need to find some some meat, some information here. But Jonah's message, you understand that Jonah's message is not, it's not groundbreaking. Jonah's message is not something that all of us would be saying, wow, that's amazing preaching. That's the best preaching I've heard. Pastor Chad, if you and I would preach that same message, people would laugh at us. But Jonah comes into this place and he says, yet 40 days and then of us shall be overthrown. See, the truth of it is that God's mission turns problems into triumphs, tests into testimonies, and issues into successes. The difference of, between Jonah and us advising whether Jonah's message was good or not was that God had already prepared the land of Nineveh to hear what Jonah was going to say. God had gone before Jonah, he went into the city, and he prepared the hearts of the people. And so Jonah only had to go and preach what God had given to him. He only had to say what Jonah was saying. He only had to speak those very words that God wanted him to say. And because of that, his mission completely changed Nineveh. If you remember correctly, Nineveh, remember back to the very first sermon that we did, Nineveh was not a nice city. It was not a good city. It was a very large city, and they abused people. They were very difficult to the Israelites. In fact, we find them killing many of the Israelites over the course of time. The kings were not good during this time. The people were not good. It was a nasty place to be. 
people called it Zadda, Sodom, and Gomorrah. Nineveh was a very evil place. But those things that Jonah dealt with, those, those issues that Jonah thought about, those issues that caused Jonah to run away from God in chapter 1, is now being changed because God's mission turns those problems into triumphs. See, today, if you're on your, if, you, if you're doing a job today, you're working and you have a mission from God, we all in this room, I can say it we all have a mission from God in this room. Every single one of you. When you, if you are coming to this place and you come to a salvation message of Jesus Christ, you, you accepted Jesus Christ for your sins, for when you get on that cross, you call him your Savior, then the very next thing that you have to understand is that you have commandments that God has given you, that Jesus Christ has given you. Some of those commandments are to love our God with all our hearts. One of those other commandments is what? To love our neighbor, right? He tells all those, but then one of the greatest commandments before Jesus before Jesus leaves this earth, in Matthew chapter 28, he says to the, his disciples, go and make disciples of what? All men. I can continue going on if you want me to, to tell you about the missions and the, and the, the, the commandments that God gives to each and every single one of us. Every single one of you in this room cannot get away from this message. If you're here today and you're breathing in that, which I'm wondering for some of you, because I think you're either sleeping or breathing, hopefully you're doing both, right? Uh, but the truth of the matter is that if you're here today, you have a mission from God. I don't care if you're five years old or a hundred and five years old. You have a mission from God. God has given you a mission to go out and change this world, to transform this world. The very next thing when I tell people that they have a mission, they like they have a calling from God. They, I don't have the ability to do that. You don't understand. I'm not a preacher. I can't say those words. You know what? Can you go into a city and tell them they have 40 days before they're destroyed? I think everyone can say those words. That's all that Jonah did. If Jonah could go into a city and say that all, all you have is 40 days until Nineveh is overthrown, you can certainly go in and, and say God loves you. You can certainly go up and say you need God and this is why you can go through those things. You can all have this mission from God. God has given us all a mission. But the problems that we apply to those missions, God turns into triumphs. He turns the tests into testimonies. The things that are testing us. The, the, just think when Jonah is done doing this message, when he's done sharing all of this, he can go around with people and say, listen, when you don't listen to God, if, if someone came to me and said, I didn't listen to God, I was swallowed by a fish. That's what I'm going to listen I'm going to hear what's going on. I'm going to hear what this guy is saying. Jonah takes all of these problems, God takes all of these problems that Jonah had and turns them into successes for him. God takes the words of people, makes them powerful, and causes them to change, to change the hearts. You don't need to know the exact words to say to someone. You just need to be able to be willing. You don't have to have every single word, every single verse, every single uh, song, every single uh, thing lined up as we're going to talk to someone. We just have to be willing to sit down and talk to someone. It's amazing to me that sometimes when I'm up there preaching, and Pastor Chaz and I've talked about this in the past, and I've talked with other pastors about this, but 
it's amazing that I know when I preach something, when I'm preaching, I think this is going to be the most important part of the message, and I share this. And then someone comes up and says, that was amazing. And I'm like, well, what part did you like? Well, I really like this. It had nothing to do with what I was talking about. Why? Because God takes the words and he makes them apparent and makes them important to you. God who knows us. God changes these things. He changes our words to be important. Jonah chapter 3, verse 6 through 10 says that the word reached the king of Nineveh. He arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. I want to pause there just for a moment. This is the king of a city that caused great harm to many people. It's a king that is powerful, a king that is not wanting the goodness of, of God to come into their place, and so therefore he kills the messengers that come into the city. This is the man who rules over the city. He is the one who is supposed to be all-powerful. Think about all of the kings in the past that were detrimental to the, to the message of God. And what happened? This is very much like that. And yet, the word reached the king of Nineveh, and he didn't rise to get mad and go send for, for Jonah's head. He didn't get up and say, kill Jonah, bring him to me so I can flog him and beat him and do all of these things. No, he got up, he removed his robe, he covered himself with a sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Now, if you don't understand this point, what they're saying is that. <laughs> Difficult. 
and the message I got next. There's one particular person I really don't like in our government right now. I'm not going to say uh, his or her name um, because I don't want to do that. But God brought me this message that I need to pray for this person. And I'm like, Lord, that's not what I want to do. I'm going to pray for this person. And he goes, and he reminded me. He's like, Jesus, you're just about ready to preach on John chapter 3. That Jonah's word came to the king of Nineveh and it changed the heart of Nineveh. And so if Jonah's word of just 40 days can change the heart of Nineveh, what do you think your prayer can do? See, in reality, when we pray for our kings, when we pray for our government, when we pray for our Senate and our Congress and everyone else, what the reality of this is that we should be praying for that because we can change the future of this country just by praying for it. When we have the understanding that we can change things, because the word of God reached the king of Nineveh and it changed his heart. Your words that you pray for these individuals that are in our government can change them. We need to learn to pray for our governors. We need to learn to pray for our community leaders. We need to learn to pray for our president. We need to learn to pray for the head of Congress and Senate and all of those people, whether we like them or not. I don't care what side of the, 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 the aisle you're on or what side of the political debate you're on. We should learn to pray for the people because our prayers change things. Our words change things. Jonah didn't go to the king. He just went to the city. And because he was preaching this message, his message reached the king and it changed the whole entire city. In fact, the very next verse says, the king issued a proclamation and published and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and who told, let neither man nor beast, hurt nor fly, taste anything, let them not eat or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way. God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. Now let me let me just I'm gonna make sure you understand this because this is really important. Our message that God gives us, our commandments that God gives us, isn't just him wasting his breath. Jesus' last words that he gave on this earth before he left was for us to go and make disciples of all men. It wasn't a wasted breath, it wasn't something that he was just saying in passing. He said it on purpose so that we can go and change this world. When we change this world, when we do the mission that God has called us to do, it will transform not only ourselves, it will transform the people around us, but it can transform whole entire cities. See, the story of Jonah isn't about the fish. It's about the complete transformation of an entire city and people. And until you understand that the power that God has given to each and every single one of us in this room to transform and change the world, we are not doing our job unless we're out transforming and speaking the words that God has given to us to speak. The king has issued a proclamation. That's how my God is going to find me. The king has issued a proclamation. Um, this is the truth. Listen, not only did the king come to the place where he wanted his sins to be forgiven, but then he issued a proclamation going throughout Nineveh. 
It says, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water. But let the man and beast be covered with sackcloth and call them out by way to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. The very man who caused all this violence, the very man who said it was okay for them to have this violence, is now calling out to all of the people of Nineveh to change their ways. We have to understand that there's transformation power, not only in God our Father, but in the Word of God. It changes everything. Here, Jonah, the prophet who lacks the power or authority, he does not have a wonderful message. He certainly does not walk in love. Jonah hated the people in love. In fact, we'll find out next week that Jonah wasn't even happy that they all came to know the Lord. Jonah did not like the people of Nineveh. He hated the people of Nineveh. He didn't walk in love. He didn't walk in authority. He didn't walk in anything. But he walked and did what God called him to do. And because he did that, he found that there's a transformation in doing what God, there's a transformation of power in doing what God asked us to do. When we listen to the command of God and we do those things, People will change. Cities will change. Situations will change. We have the ability. Now it sounds like the million dollar man thing. We have the ability to uh, if you're older than, if you're younger than what, uh, that would be probably 25, 30, yeah, 30, probably most of a wonderful TV show. I don't know if you know it's wonderful, but it's a good TV show. I used to prepare hair because I didn't say no. Don't need to say no. But there's transformation power in God. It will transform who we are. Transforms the message that we have. But we have to take it serious. We can't be like Jonah and run away from the message. We have to accept the message that God has given to us and walk towards it. Walk towards the city that he wants us to change. Do the thing that he's called us to do. He's calling each and every one of you to walk in that power and to change the city that you live in, the community that you live in. When we walk in obedience, our past experiences and storms are used to fuel the obedient message that God asks us to share. One of the wonderful things that I love about the story of Jonah is that all of the things that Jonah went through was a fuel that he used to do what God called him to do. He remembered the storms, he remembered being in the belly of the fish, and all of those things caused him to go into Nineveh, even though he didn't want to go. See, the truth of the matter is that if we would walk in our obedience, if we would walk in obedience to God, those experiences, those storms will just fuel our successes moving forward. Our mission takes on a whole new purpose and plan when we realize that we're walking with God. See, the, one of the problems that I often have with, with people is that God can focus on the I can't instead of the I can't. When you ask someone to do something, you know, the list of things that you get that always starts is, I can't do that because I don't have this and I don't have that and I don't have this and I don't have that. 
We often focus on the I can'ts. Why don't we ever focus on the I can'ts? Why don't we ever focus on the things I can do? If God has called you to go and share with your neighbor, and you don't think that you have the words that you can share with your neighbor, then can you go over and love your neighbor? Absolutely you can. Can you go over and uh, help them with a project that they're doing in their house? Yes, certainly you can. That's part of being a good neighbor. That's part of loving each other. If God calls you to a mission, he's calling you to something. You don't need to focus on the I can't. Because by the way, if you're called to a mission by God, you serve a God who makes the impossible possible. And so there is something that you can't do when you're with God. We need to focus on what God has allowed us and given us the abilities to do instead of focusing on the things we can't do. I'm tired of hearing the message of, I can't do this because I don't have the word. I can't do this because I don't have the money. I can't do this. You know what? God didn't ask us to do these things if we didn't have, if he wasn't going to boss us with us. Maybe he's just looking for you to take a step of faith and say, I can, so that he can provide what you need and see it instead of waiting for you to say, God, give me now, then I'll take a step. No, faith is about taking a step when you can't see that next step where you're going. And so we're called to take that step. Jonah should have said, listen, I don't want to go to Nineveh, but because you're calling me, I would go. I can see how this is going to work. I'm probably going to die, but I'm going to take that step towards Nineveh. Instead, he said, I'm going to take that step towards Tarshish. I'm a little bit, but I'm not going towards Nineveh. The truth is, the, the, the simple fact that God wants to transform the world. He doesn't want us to remain the same. We're not called to be in this place. This is not our home. Our home is in heaven. We're just passing through this place. But as we pass through this place, what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to learn what it meant when that man named Jesus Christ died on the cross, who is our God also. He wasn't just a man, but he was God. But when he died on that cross, that power of what he did on that cross changes us. And so our message is that we're supposed to be the ones that God wants to do to go change the other people around us, to introduce them to what that means, to what that sacrifice on that cross meant, what it means to follow God. He's calling you and I to do those things. He's calling us to transform the world. And so the question is, will you be the one who transforms this world? The truth of the matter is that the world is waiting for us. This day and age that we're living in, I believe there's, there's no such thing anymore as what an absolute truth. We carry an absolute truth. That means Jesus Christ. What Jesus Christ did on the cross is an absolute truth. There is no argument to that. You cannot argue what Jesus did. Jesus gave up his life on that cross for us. That is something that's an absolute truth. Today, our world doesn't live in absolute truth. Our world lives in things that it, whatever makes me feel good, whatever makes me feel good, it's okay to do. But let me tell you something. God is an absolute truth. Our, our scripture doesn't change by the way we feel, because if the scripture changed by the way we feel, then it wouldn't be absolute truth. It stays the same. Our Christianity stays the same because of who God is, not because of who we are. We are not supposed to adapt uh, the message to fit this world. We're supposed to adapt ourselves to fit the message. And until we do that, until we understand, until we are called to be the ones who are who want to transform this world, who want to do something different, who want to share a message that is outside of the message of the world, 
The world is waiting for that. The world is waiting for someone to stand up and say, this is the way, the truth of life. Not everyone will follow us. It's okay. That's all right. But some will.
My marriage means that I have a purpose and a plan. That God brought me together for a reason, and therefore I'm going to look for what that reason is. The mission is bigger than just something to do. Some of the church and some of the wonderful things I'm so happy that I wish they wanted to do. But the mission that God gives us is way bigger than just something to do. The message that God has given to us is that we must go out in this place. It's not just about coming on a Sunday morning, being happy and sharing your time together and hearing hopefully God's word spoken. You know it's bigger than that. It's more than that. It's what can we do outside of Sunday morning that's going to change the world? What can I do on my job? What can I do in my school? What can I do in my family? What can I do in my community? That's going to transform that. What can I do in my marriage? That's going to transform it for Christ. God does not want us to remain the same, and He's asking, He's begging of us to teach Him these messages. The reality is that there's many people that are waiting to hear about Christ. And they're looking for a model. They're looking for something to say, this is what it looks like to follow Christ. This is what it means. Yeah, not everything is beautiful. I don't want to the gold, and I don't have roses that fall around everywhere I go. No, there are troubles in my life, but when I go through those troubles, guess what? When I go through those storms of life, God will be there. God will be with me. There's no doubt in my mind that God wants to transform our cities and our communities and our world like He transformed in us. And again, I don't know why sometimes I argue with God about this all the time. But I argue with God, why do you choose us for Why do those crazy people? And I always the same I love you. The transformation of a city doesn't just transform that city that changes the people around it, but it transforms your heart, it transforms your community. God is calling us to accept the mission. Asking you, here I am. He's asking you to say, Are you here? And he's looking for a response. Lord just says, Here I am, Lord says me. There's many times in scripture we hear that message, here I am, Lord says me. I don't want to go through a belly of a fish. I don't want to go through the storm on the sea. So I'm just going to trust you that here I am, Lord says me. I'll do what you ask me. I'll go where you want me to go. God wants you not me, not him, not him, you, all of you. That's who God's brother. God wants to transform my world, and he's transformed his world, and he's transformed his world too. But this world is going to transform you because he, 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 not, not, I'm going to be a Christian, right? Not you because he, all of us decide that we're going to follow God home. The truth of the matter is that we can follow God all we want, but none of you out here in the streets, none of you in this congregation, none of you in the other congregation are doing what God called you to do. The mission will always remain the same, it'll only be what mission that we have to do the three of us. Which is wonderful. I love these brothers, and I love spending time with them, and I love seeing how God works with them. But you want better than you want to see God do everything you want to do today. But I'm 
uh, hear the story of how God has changed your workplace and changed the people that you work with. That's an amazing story. How God has changed your marriage. That's an amazing story. How God has changed your neighborhood. But we have to accept the message and go and do it. We can't set on our
Thank you. 